0: Welcome, everybody. Money, Power, and Influence podcast number 30. Uh, I can't believe it's already been 30, but uh, we're here with another episode every Wednesday, 5, 15 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I'm your host, BC. I'm here with my co-host, Arash. Uh, we're just coming off a, a mesmerized event this weekend over here in Hollywood. It was incredible. Um, everything has just been moving forward at a completely different level. So, uh, What's up with you, brother? I saw you a couple days ago, but I'm sure you've had a lot of growth and realizations since then. What's going on well,
1: I reminded well you the next day after we hung out, remember? And uh, I don't know if you saw. Do you see on my Instagram that I got tagged with Justin Bieber and Avicii and Scam Artist? Did you see that?
0: No, I didn't catch it.
1: Okay, good. So, I mean, did you, it was – so what happened was um, Scam Artist is a label that signs – Justin Bieber, Avicii, uh, and a bunch of other like very very high profile celebrities. And the hotel we were hanging out at, they had their um, anniversary over there, so they had rented out the hotel. And upstairs was a very, very exclusive party. You couldn't get into this thing unless you were like a fucking artist or you were a a model. So the who's now my friend, you know, I (laughs) I keep telling you guys. This is what my art is. My art of seduction is this. You know, I use it to continuously uh, open doors at higher and higher levels. So I had the privilege of uh, meeting a guy who had a lot of pull in Hollywood and higher, uh, worldwide really. And uh, he, he was testing me the first day we, we spoke. He was kind of unsure, you know. He thought I had big claims. And he's a young guy who gets a lot of beautiful women because of his status. So long story short, he challenged me that night. <laughs> his words, his words are, I challenge you to uh, get women. I said, okay, you're on. And the next day, um, which was when I texted you, we were hanging out, and he opened up about who he was. And he's quite a big deal in the world of status. And he was like, I want to show you my world. So he took me around. And so there's some videos and pictures on Instagram of the party. And I swear to you, Vince was there. Vince saw it. Vince has been calling me since and just telling me, he goes, I've never seen anything like that. But, like, he really, he got it. He got what I can do on another level. So it was phenomenal, man. Uh, And uh, I just, I had a a friend of mine, she just left my office about three minutes ago, goes into the podcast. And I was telling her, you know, I'm going through a major transition. I can feel it. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be beautiful. And I'm ready to go. And on another note, a similar note, another note, I got to ride in your Lamborghini. And, you know, I have a Maserati, which is a very nice car, and I've been in a lot of nice cars, uh, but the, there's a moment that sticks out in my mind, is I had to go and get my bag from the Lamborghini. I left my bag in your car. I was leaving early. And um, I went downstairs, and I went to valet, and I said, my bag's in the Lamborghini. Now, the good thing is they had recognized me. So they opened it, and when I went to go pick up my bag, it was like, for me, a super cool moment, and I don't think people will recognize this, because we hear so much about people say, oh, well, so what, it's just a car, or big fucking deal, oh, so what, like, no one cares about that. No, I actually fucking care a lot, and I keep saying that, but there was a moment where I had to go by myself to the car, where it wasn't like you weren't there, so it looked like it could have been my car, right? And I felt so fucking supremely cool doing that shit. And I'm that, I'm that super fucking cool guy already. So I just, I just want to lay this down. The fucking haters are, are trying to say some dumb shit to you about your car. I'm that motherfucker who is rich, who has more women than anybody fucking has, still walking into that car. First getting out with you was pretty fucking cool. But then when I had to go get it myself, and there was a moment where I, I thought, oh, they might think this is my car. Dude, I felt like cool times a thousand. So thanks for that. That was such an awesome, man. What's going on with you?
0: Awesome, brother. Yeah. Uh, I'll let you drive it next time, man. You have to experience it. It's, uh, I mean, you got to ride in it, and it's just a different experience, dude. And first of all, you know, I had to put out some fires Sunday night in my real estate side, dude. That's why I didn't get back to you. I so wanted to go. And when I saw your text at night, I was shooting myself in the foot because I knew something epic would go down like you just described. But uh, going back to the car, man. Uh, you know, it, it's funny that you mentioned that when I left, uh, you guys had already gone and I had come down with a couple girls. Uh, I went through a similar moment. You know, I've already been stopped. Uh, people always ask me gas stations. Like, it's all, all, already automatically assumed because I'm, I guess I'm a little bit younger for a Lamba owner. People are assuming I'm an athlete or something like that. The questions are always alongside that. When I tell them I'm in real estate and I run my own business, it's almost like they look at me like they don't believe me. But, uh, you know in that moment when we walked out uh i don't know how but i guess the guy i think he had moved the car i believe a little bit back to right when you exit it's right there i don't know if the valet guy did that because he had to but um i remember when i went over to him and got the keys and unlocked it there was like this crowd around the car and as i'm getting in obviously the three girls are there but i just hear people talking and i can kind of hear the conversation but they're almost like oh who's that and then you hear people say, like, oh, I think he's so-and-so from this basketball team or so-and-so. It's like, it's funny how that talk starts, but there's this moment. And I felt it just like you described it. And I'm sitting there in my car. I'm like, man, this is awesome. I have, like, 30 people surrounding my car right now wondering who the fuck I am. These three girls that we came down with are, like, standing by the car, too. So it was it was really, like, a moment. I was like, man, this these are the moments that uh, – you realize that, man, everything I've done up to this point was worth it just for this like experience. And it's really incredible. And something that came up to my mind today, and I thought it would be something we could talk about, and, and this is something that I've gotten a lot of questions about recently, and it's like a block I see people have. People have become completely adverse or against or 100% frightful of even taking the like the smallest risk, man. And, you know, when I look back through my journey, a lot of risk are taken. We know we do it every day. When you walk outside your house, that could be seen as risky, right? Especially the way society paints it. Oh, everybody's evil, and you know something's gonna happen. You're gonna get in a car accident. All the bullshit we see on the news. But everything is a risk, right? Us at that venue for most men approaching a woman is a risk, right? Everything we do, we we could literally label as being a risk. Some more than others, right? And I've realized that it's been, as I look back throughout the journey, especially the last three or four years, there's pivotal moments where I notice. Something that I saw as risky or that really took everything out of me, like I had this uneasy feeling like, ah, I don't know if I want to do this, like me taking the leap to get into real estate. I was incredibly nervous, and it was a huge risk. I had never done sales. Everybody who I looked up to or trusted in that moment, whether it be family or friends, were doubting me and saying, dude, don't do this, like you're going to fail. So everywhere I looked, it seemed risky, it seemed like it didn't make sense, but I said, fuck it, I'm going to do it anyway, right? And it turns out, best decision I ever made, right? And I look back, and there's all these moments stacked up where there was a lot of risk. And, you know, even as I uh, give that experience through my YouTube and, and people that I teach, it still seems like people have this block, man. And I wanted to pass it to you, bro, because you have an infinite amount of wisdom why do you think, even with seeing examples like me and you and all these other people online, especially with social media, why do you think people still will not pull the trigger and take any risk when it comes to growing their business and their life?
1: I think that's a great question, and I really think I do have an answer for it. Uh, at least from my perspective, uh, this answer should sit. Um, this is nature's way of deciding who deserves success and who doesn't, you know, like, That's just the bottom line. There's like 9 to 10 billion people on the planet. They try to push equality on people. I mean, there is that fucking biggest failure we ever fucking heard of, right? Everyone's equal. Obviously not. The one thing we can just use to judge is basically what you just said. Some people are willing to take these risks and some people aren't. Now, if you're not willing to take risks, then you're not going to get the prize. I mean, that's just the bottom line, right? Um, You take the risk. And that's why it's called a risk because it could go bad, but the prize and winning it for some people is much more worth it. And this is why we do have people that drive up in Lamborghinis when everybody else doesn't. And this is why we do have people that go to the party and are the center of attention and getting so many women to uh, comply with phone numbers and kisses and whatever, just want to hang out. Because it's like you said, it's risky. Otherwise, everybody would be doing it. So the reason I think is very simple. We do have this thing, nature, that is the underlying code for the world. Um, And nature, when you look out into the jungle or trees or anywhere you look, except for humans, it's pretty clear, you know, the ones that are going to go for it, the ones that are stronger, they're going to get it now. This kind of sounds, and it's funny, because it's become this really bad term, like Darwinian, um, what is it called, survival of the fittest and shit like that. And, And I don't even know, because here's the thing, I try not to label things like that anymore. You know, about two weeks ago, I had a big awakening in my life where a lot of the labels started dropping, and it actually happened with somebody asking me a question. Someone said, so are you a polygamist? And, you know, I've been asked that question many times, but... This time, when they asked me, I was in a different state of mind, and so when they asked me, I just I didn't understand their question. I was like, well, "What do you mean? It's like, that's a label. That's a weird label. That if I say yes, now you think you know how I. Now you you think oh well, i a polygamist. That's why he has so many girlfriends. But I'm not a polygamist, and I don't even know what the fuck I am. And n- nor do I give a shit what you call me. Uh, I, I'm a person who is living my life and and uh, finding out as much of the truth as I can and expressing it in a genuine, honest, sincere way. I have a purpose in life. I stick to it. I help my friends, and I destroy my enemies. I mean, that's really the bottom line, right? Those things I can say as a fact. Anything else, any other label, is just weird to me. So uh, I think that the reason they don't take risks is they're not supposed to, or or they're supposed to be scared. And so, you know, we have our teachings, obviously we're doing the podcast, and maybe one out of a hundred, who knows what the ratio is, one out of a thousand, We'll be able to do what we say the rest might just get inspired might go feeling a little bit better and that's what they're supposed to get out of it but every once in a while somebody will have in them what it takes to overcome whatever bullshit it is to become that next guy and otherwise everybody would be the same and everybody would be driving lamborghinis or nobody would be driving lamborghinis or whatever right but it's a a totally different it's a totally different world so um, we look at it and every time Floyd Mayweather has gotten into the boxing ring, there's always been the risk of losing, especially when you become a champion. His record is 49 and 0. People miss, miss that whole thing, and I admire him greatly. Um, oh, he runs, he's a chicken, he's never knocked anyone out. But really? like He actually wins every fight. He won against Pacquiao and De La Hoya, and he's beat every fucking champion. And you get how how pathetic people's mindset is, right? What they're looking at, oh, he runs. No, he understands boxing. He fucking beat those guys, right? But there's a big risk in getting in the ring, especially when you're a champion, you have a lot to lose. The one who challenges the champion has a lot to gain. The champion always has a lot to lose. And then the next thing is that when you get to the level, like, you know, right now you got that beautiful car, and now it's one thing to get it. It's another thing to keep it, and then it's another thing to take it to the next level. Which is what I keep thinking. What's the next level? We got to mix it up with celebrities this weekend. I got to see where my skills fall in line in that world. And I swear to you, brother, I schooled them. See, there I schooled them. You'll see. You'll see the results the next couple of weeks. Don't come to LA. So that's my that's my long answer.
0: Love it, man. I absolutely love it. You know. And and you mentioned something at the end about mixing with celebrities and taking it to the next level, which is literally what I had in my mind. And along the lines of like collaboration, and then being around, meeting, and exchanging with the people that are on the next level to get you to the next level and to go beyond, right? And I love what you said about the the risk, you know. I've been pondering that question, too, just out of literally sheer morbid curiosity, thinking how come I can literally have somebody right in front of me, they see what I've done in such a short time, and they still don't fucking get it. Like, what's going on? And what you explained literally just makes absolute sense. Because I've always toyed with that idea. Was I born with something? Is there something in my genes or my genetic code that allowed me to, to do this? Or is it just some random thing? You know, having this just competitive edge saying, I don't give a shit what anybody tells me. I don't care if I'm going up against the whole world. Like, I'm just going to take it head on and figure it out. But uh, I think what you said for anybody listening um, was very powerful, man. And love that you ended it with, the whole, with celebrities mixing it up taking it to the next level. Because that's literally what people have to do. I believe that a lot of people, when they get a little bit of success, like let's say they do get a new car or something, right? And I just shared, what's funny is the memory came up of two years ago when I got the the GTR before I got the Lambo, and I shared that just so people can see because I'm still getting a flood of followers who are like, okay, who's this guy? Or people who just started following me and already think based on their perception that I am at the top, and it's like, no, 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 I'm just getting started. So um, what would you suggest? Right. And I can talk about this a little bit because that's another question I get frequently, too, especially in regards to this podcast is, well, I'm having I'm having some success. Right. I'm seeing progress. How can I start to align myself with, you know, some of these these bigger people, these celebrities or uh, let's say I'm in real estate and I want to get a hold of the the bigger guy. And, you know, something to help me. And before I pass it to you, Arash, was the way I started getting recognition in this industry, especially if I'm going to relate it to, to real estate, is I started creating a ripple in the industry that the top people recognized. At first it was, okay, he's just a young kid, whatever, we see this day in and day out. Um, Yeah, he's a little bit different, whatever. And then as I kept growing and growing and doing things my way and breaking out of the mold, people started looking, right? People started batting an eye and then out of nowhere... You know, some guy that I used to watch when I started a year before actually reaches out and contacts me and says, hey, man, like, let's collab. Let's do something. And then it just kept growing and growing and growing and growing. And then all of a sudden, I remember a year and a half later, I show up at another real estate coach's seminar that has nothing to do with me. And I have people lining up to meet me, you know, every time there's a break. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? But I had no idea what, what I was causing, but just that constant uh, progress and just determination and, and and unbreakable will towards what I wanted to do and documenting my journey just created this buzz that literally attracted that next level type of person in my industry to me and you fast forward now four years later i 'm basically what I could say good friends with pretty much every top realtor in the industry. Um, you know I just booked two more speaking gigs, one at uh, like a real estate success summit, which is featuring like the top real estate influencers, real estate agents, team leaders. Uh, people who are actually a part of like what would be considered like the the bureau of real estate, like the people who actually are in charge of it on the government side, and just all these other opportunities and all I did was it w- it wasn 't me doing anything special, it was just me committing myself to my work and my craft, and literally doing something that other people weren 't willing to do, broadcasting it to the world to where it started getting attention, so that was pretty much my strategy, at least in the real estate world to align myself right um is there anything you would give? As advice, Arash, is somebody saying, hey, Arash, you know what? I'm doing good in my industry, but how can I start getting the attention and start creating these relationships with these people who are one, two, or three steps above me?
1: You know, it's interesting you say that because I realized this weekend that um, you have to – okay, if you if you're going to do what it is we're doing. So there's other podcasts, I'm sure other people – Who would speak otherwise right and that's fine but if you're gonna do what we're doing and the how we've gone about it it requires that you actually desire attention you actually are okay saying I want attention and it's almost like one of those things that if you say it you start looking kind of stupid right like oh you want attention like that's not even cool dude what do you mean like it can be just fine if nobody pays attention to you that may be true but a business that gets no attention also gets no sales. Right? And so when we were there's a video on my and by the way, I'm 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 locked out of Facebook for like seven days. Fuck Facebook man. When they let me back in, you will see I'll make a video. I'm I'm shutting down my goddamn Facebook. I'll keep my fan fan uh page. I can't even believe it. I don't even tell me why the fuck they shut me down for seven days. But every time they do I, I go somewhere stronger. So anyways, on Instagram I rise with our INC Instagram guys, um, there's a video of me dancing. Now this is very interesting. Prior to me dancing, and I don't always dance like that, and I have my tank top on. It, it sounds like nothing, but I, I don't. I don't go into a tank top. Very rarely will you ever see me out in a tank top, and there's a reason. If I go into a tank top, I have a lot of tattoos already. When they see the rest of my tattoos, it's quite it's quite a sight for a lot of people, right? And so, if you ever see me when we're out and I go into my tank top. It's like a cartoon character that leveled up to level 10 suddenly because something's going on. Otherwise, I will not go in my tank top. So what happened was, we're at this party with all these celebs, and I am the center of attention. I am literally, I have what we call a vortex around me where I'm just now pointing to women from far away instead are just walking up. And it was phenomenal. So we are the center. I hide this table from these guys, um, whatever. And then suddenly, to my right, is a guy and a girl dancing, and I noticed that all the attention goes over there, and the cameras go over there, and people start turning towards them, so I turn to them, I, and I go, okay, so here's what we're talking about, I said to my friends who oh, with me, fuck that, I want to be the center of attention, I said, now watch what I'm going to do, I said, first, I go my tank top, <laughs> I my, my shirt, it wasn't enough, they're still dancing, and I said, okay, now I'm going to fucking show them. So then I go in there, and I, sh- I went right in front of the guy. You obviously don't see the whole video because it was taken later. I go in front of the guy. I dance in front of the guy. I'm a better dancer than him. I have more energy. He backs out. Then it's the girl and I dancing. Now, once again, everybody's watching us. She ends up doing some crazy fucking handstand popping, whatever. I don't know if the fuck is a gymnast or some shit. Then I end up beating her with one other move, and then we hug. And that becomes the end of the dance, and all attention comes back to me. So you have to be, for lack of a better term, and I'm saying this just to create an effect. You have to be an attention whore, and you got to be okay with it. You have to be an attention whore, and you got to be okay with it. Especially, you know, I teach the art of seduction, seducing the mind, taking the mind and, and moving it where you want to move it. That's why I'm successful in business and in life. This is this is what I do, and especially in seduction, you have to generate more attention than the person who you are trying to talk to. If, for example, she, by coming and talking to you or sitting at your table or having a conversation with you, if she loses attention of the crowd, she will not talk to you because she's made herself look like that so that she could get that attention. So what I recommend is get attention somehow. And go, how? Well, in your field, let's say, real estate or music, whatever, okay? Look around and see what who before you inspires you. Then I look for inspiration in everyday life. You know, the way that I look was inspired by, by watching other people or movies or video games or cartoons. And, and then you start creating your character. I ended up meeting uh, two models uh, that were older. It was a woman and a man. And they were in their 50s. They were a very good-looking, very good-looking couple. And we ended up hitting it up real well, as the woman was very interested in me. So I had them follow us around for a while. They had two daughters. One was 18, one was 21. Beautiful. All of them were models. Their daughters were modeling since birth. They were paying for their life with modeling. So these are legit, high-level models from New York. Once I understood what the guy did, and he was a very handsome man, in a private conversation, I said, you've been modeling for how many He goes, about 40 years I've been modeling. He goes, I still model. He goes, you know, I've done Coca-Cola and this, and this, and this. And I said, do you have some advice for me? He goes, well, I've been watching you today. I've been watching you a lot. I go, how how would I need to, what would I need to know Is there something you can tell me that would help me better pictures, you know? He said, you're doing fine. I said, but I'm not good looking. He goes, you don't have to be good looking. He said, you're a character, and you're playing your character perfectly. He says, when you you put up that middle finger and give that look, he goes, that's perfect. I wouldn't change anything. Keep playing the character. And then I realized how powerful it was what I've been doing because I'm not as good looking as that man. His genetics are, are beautiful. I'm not. But because I'm a character and I'm playing my character, it works out real well. So that was really fucking nice. That was really nice.
0: That's awesome, bro. What a story, man. I really hope you guys listening are taking notes, and I recommend you listen to this podcast again, same thing with the other ones, because some of the stories that we share definitely hit, right? Uh, I think for this episode, brother, it's a good place to stop. Uh, I'm just going to make an announcement, then I'll pass it to you, and we'll end it. Uh, Two quick things. A lot of people have been asking, well, for months now, probably since I started putting up YouTube videos, for me to make a product on handling sales objections. I'm in the process of finishing up that product. It's gonna be available September 1st. And this is gonna be as far as, and I've bought all kinds of products. It's gonna be so thorough. I'm gonna help you from the moment you open your mouth to when they sign or buy from you, be able to handle objections before they come, how to prepare for them, how to eliminate them before they come, and then in the moment if you get them, how to destroy them. Okay, so it's gonna be the most complete product I've ever seen because I've bought pretty much every other sales trainers objection handling products This is going to be senior to that right with a new level of information You haven't gone from any of those guys. I can guarantee you that's going to be available September 1st 97 bucks jump on at the first 24 hours Arash I'll pass it to you
1: It sounds like a great product man. I think that is I Mean that is what everybody needs, you know, so like just like you I've purchased probably everything when it comes to that subject and there's some good stuff here and there, you know. But we need to, we need what we need is people that are doing it now. That's what we need. No want to know how so and so did it ten years ago, and now they're uh, you know a multimillionaire. You know, I think the world has changed. Ten years ago, the internet wasn't so strong. Ten years ago, if you had said to somebody, you know, you need an Instagram, they would they wouldn't have made sense those words. You know, I'm saying this because of Facebook and YouTube. So I think it's a different world. There's something that I keep looking at. In that, Because in my field, you know, uh, there are some of the greatest, greatest uh, seduction and relationship experts. And a lot of them made their claim way before my time. And when I look at them, I go, man, that's very powerful, but do you understand the world has changed now? Like, that information is still valid, plus you need to be able to do it. Like, if you're not using your social media to demonstrate who you are, you're fucked up. You're fucked up. You need to get that. But anyways, my, um, my plug is, is this weekend, if you guys are listening, which is the 26th of August, I'm going to have a live event in San Jose. I rarely do these live events. I'm doing more and more, but this is it, okay? It's called Invisible Love, decoding the male-female dynamic and energies. And uh, some of the things that will be covered are, for example, I'm always asked, how are your girlfriends okay with you being with other women? I will show you exactly how they're okay scientifically and how to speak about it. Okay, this is very important. For women, one thing I'm always asked is, how can they be fulfilled? They're not happy. Women are not happy in their relationships. If you're a woman and you're listening to me, either A, don't have a relationship and you're miserable about it, even though you may tell yourself, I don't need anybody, I don't i focusing in my career, now. I'm going to school. You could save all that when you talk to me because I know what's really going on. Or two, you're in a relationship and you're miserable. Or you're very insecure because the man you have, you're quite not sure about whether he's lying to you or not, you get this feeling, you may be talking to other girls, and there, there's a whole issue there. So, I'm going to go over decoding that and how you could relax your anxiety, chill the fuck out, and be okay in your relationships. And what involves a fulfilling relationship? You know, I have six girlfriends right now. At the event, you'll probably see four of them, maybe five of them. And they're all very, very happy and fulfilled. So, there must be something that I'm doing, and that's what this event is for women. There is your chance to get how you're going to be happy and fulfilled. For men, come and learn some of the secrets that you can use so that you can understand how this dynamic actually works because for me it's effortless now. It's really effortless. You know, I'm, I'm getting women proposing to my girlfriends now, which is fucking phenomenal. Okay, so that's this weekend. If you can't make it live, then you go online and you can sign up and watch online. com. I'll do that.
0: Awesome, brother. Looking forward to it. Everybody, we'll see you next week, same time, 5.15 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. See you guys. Bye.